Forever Blue Shirts Radio. And welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. Here with me this week, of course, is Kevin Krupp and Luke Shapiro, the two knuckleheads that like to throw their opinions around every week. But something very important this week that we didn't get to see last week, something we've all been waiting to see since the lottery. We got to see Capocago put a Ranger jersey on. It's pretty exciting. Now, oh, my God. Just to see him for the first time out on the ice with all the prospects, with Kravtsov, Jesjurkin, Miller, all these guys finally out there together, even if it's just a skills camp, it is awesome to see that it's starting to come together, the master plan. JL, what do you think, man? Like, seeing all these guys, you know, after just months of hyping them up, they're all finally over here meeting each other, talking skills, showing everyone what they got. How cool is it to finally see, right? Oh, I mean, oh. just seeing everything come together, it's I I honestly am at a loss of words. It's just I'm so excited. I honestly really just don't know how to react. It just I just I just can't wait to see everything in action with all the young guys coming in and 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 Capo Caco just making a mark. I I'm I'm just I'm excited. This is this is going to be fun. Oh yeah. Well, you know, we're definitely still a year or two away from actually competing. But, um, you know, it's just interesting to see, like, every, like, JL just said, all these pieces, like, fitting together perfectly and then just, like, having this great hope for the next seasons because we don't have to go out and, like, destroy our cap hit with some random UFAs. Like, you know, it could help. There there are top-end talent in Panarin, you know, and, you know, and Duchesne. We're probably not going to do Duchesne. But, you know, we're in on Panarin, and if we, even if we don't get him, it's just... You know, I'm still fine with that. I don't, we don't need Panarin. It'd be good to have Panarin. It'll be accelerate the rebuild even further. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, look at it this way. Um, it always seems to circle back to Artemi Panarin. But, I mean, if you get Artemi Panarin, things get accelerated a little further. You don't get Artemi Panarin, the team obviously won't be as good. But you can look forward to another high pick. And in 2020, I mean, that could mean Alexis Lafreniere. It could mean Quentin Byfield, Lucas Raymond, Alexander Holtz, or Noel Gundler. So, I mean, there is talent at the top of that draft. So, if we don't get Panarin, it's not the end of the world. Now, this week we have a very special guest. I got to speak to the Hockey News' own Ryan Kennedy. Ryan is one of the biggest prospect guys in the world, um, travels all over, knows more about prospects than almost anyone. So, we were lucky to have him on for an interview. We're going to play it for you right now. Joining us this week is Mr. Ryan Kennedy, prospect guru of the Hockey News, and I know you guys want draft news, and he is here to provide that. So, Ryan, first things first, let's start at the top. Number two, the man Rangers fans have been waiting for since the night of the draft lottery. What exactly is this man-child Capococco going to bring to this team next season? Well, he's going to bring quite a lot. I mean, it starts with his size and, you know, his relative strength as a teenager, but it's also just the way he plays the game. I mean, he's great in front of the net. He's great in the corners. He's super creative. We know he can produce, and we know he loves pressure situations. So, you know, assuming he adapts to North American life, you're looking at a player that can have a pretty nice impact right away. Now, uh, obviously, everyone, the talk has been Capo, and, it, you know, for the, all the reasons you're saying, he's going to be an impact player right off the bat. The second round of 49th overall, I've seen people saying that this could be maybe a steal down the line. Uh, Matthew Robinson of the Edmonton Oil Kings, what can you tell Rangers fans about him? Well, yeah, this was a player that, you know, he was a borderline 
first rounder. I think I had him at like number 31 in my final rankings, or at least in draft preview, he was 31. He's a big kid. He's he's pretty steady. You know, I would classify him as kind of a two-way defenseman or an all-around defenseman. He's the kind of guy that he's a nice building block. He's not a sexy pick. I would say he's more of a safe pick. Um, but again, you know, when, when you get him in the second round, that's some pretty nice value. And I think, you know, he's he's going to get a lot of responsibility with the Oil Kings as his junior career progresses. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, what sort of offensive upside he can develop while he's still with Edmonton. Uh, later in the second round, after drafting a defenseman, the Rangers took a center from Fralunda named Carl Henriksen at 50th overall. Um, he obviously plays for Henrik Lundqvist's old team, which is something Rangers fans will find really cool. But what could you tell Rangers fans about um, about this kid? And I've seen that his speed is something that uh, people really like about him. Yeah, you know, it's not only that, but when I talked to scouts about Henriksen this year, they, they described him as being a coach's favorite. You know, he does the little things on the ice that, that make a line really hum. You know, he's the kind of guy that he'll go digging for pucks. What's most intriguing for me is that when he has played internationally lately, he has been the center for Alex Holtz and Lucas Raymond, who are two of the top prospects for the 2020 NHL draft. You're going to hear a lot about them next season. They've already done a lot of damage for Sweden internationally, and Henriksen was the guy in the middle. So if you think back to the World Juniors in 2016, you had Sebastian Ajo as the center for Patrick Laine and Jesse Pogliarvi. You know, he was kind of the conscience of that line where the other two kids just kind of ran wild on offense. So I, to me, I think of Henriksen as maybe being, you know, in that same vein as Ajo where you're getting a very good player who can obviously help elevate the games or complement the games of elite players. Needless to say, if he turns into Ajo, that would be a home run for the Rangers, especially in the second round. Um, now we move on to, again, the second round, 68th overall. They, they pick Zach Jones from the Tri-City Storm. Um, I saw you on Twitter particularly praise this pick from the New York Rangers. What about him? Uh, what about him is special, and what do you think he could bring to the blue line in the future? Well, yeah, I, I do like the Zach Jones pick a lot because he is that new school defenseman where he's great with the puck. Yeah, he's quite mobile. He's headed to UMass, where obviously Kale McCarr just developed, and, and also Mark Dalgaizo and Mario Ferraro. So they're, they're doing pretty well with their mobile defensemen there in Amherst. Um, but also, he was the defense partner of Ronnie Adderd, who was drafted by the Flyers a couple of picks later. And, you know, Adderd just broke a USHL record for goals, and he gave a lot of credit to Zach Jones, his partner, for helping him hit that mark and to unleash his game as uh, an older junior player. Uh, on Tri-City. So I, I like what Zach Jones brings to the table. And he's a little bit undersized, but I, I think, you know, you're looking at a player that is that new school defenseman that a lot of teams are coveting these days. The Rangers then selected in the uh, 112th overall, Hunter Skinner, six foot two, 176 pounds from the Lincoln Stars of the USHL. Uh, admittedly, this is the player I kind of knew the least about, and I feel like a lot of Ranger fans felt that way. Um, what is his, I guess, development cycle, and do you see an NHL player out of him in the future? I'm not sure. I saw him live once this year when I was in Youngstown, and, you know, I mean, he's got some decent size, and he plays, you know, like a two-way game. Still kind of raw. I'm not 
particularly sure about his hockey sense right now. He's he's headed to Western Michigan, if I'm not mistaken, and and they have a pretty good program there run by Andy Murray, the former NHL coach. Uh, Hunter Skinner obviously has a fantastic hockey name. Uh, <laughs> you kind of think about it. Um, but I, I think he's a project, and you know I think at that point in the draft uh, he was well worth a pick uh, because you never know what you can do uh, with a player like that if they can get the proper foundation. Next, at 130th overall, this is a personal favorite pick of mine. I've seen a lot of people praising this pick around Twitter. Uh, Levi Altonen of Kalpan uh, Liga, five foot nine, 177 pounds. He's a winger. I've seen some clips of him. He seems like he is a fast guy. And I guess it helps that he knows Capo Caco. Um, do you see this kid making an impact at the NHL one day? Well, I think that's what you shoot for with these, these ladder round picks. Uh, yeah, great wheels. You know, had a, a very nice world under 18 points-wise. I know the Finns didn't really do any damage this year. But you're looking at some nice potential there. And when you get into those ladder rounds, I think that's what you want is a player that has some upside. And I think with Alton and they Right. Um, uh, it's 161st. They picked Adam Edstrom from Mora IK, the SHL. This is a big kid. I mean, six foot six, two Oh nine. That's pretty impressive. Um, what could you tell us about Edstrom? Yeah, I, I don't have a huge book on Edstrom, but as you said, he, he's got great size. I think he's six foot six. And when you think about, you know, the reach that comes with a, a package like that. Now the question becomes, you know, can they suss out the rest of his game? What can they do with that frame uh, at Mora IK? And, and obviously, you know, eventually it becomes over here. So again, you know, a, a project pick, but a, a very intriguing one at that. Absolutely. And seventh round, 205th overall Ranger fans have a pretty good history with this pick. I would say, um, five foot eleven, 170 pounds. Eric Ciccolini, right winger for the Toronto Junior Canadians in the OJHL. Um, obviously, it's not one of the big three of the major junior leagues up there in Canada. But um, what uh, what can you tell us about this guy? I know it's super late at this point, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I had a chance to speak with him earlier in the year. Actually, he's headed to Michigan, uh, where a lot of OJHL kids uh, tend to end up, and uh, he's a quick kid. Great wheels, uh, you know, does a lot of things fast. Obviously still needs to flesh out his game quite a bit. The OJHL, I would say it's kind of like maybe the third or fourth best junior A-league in Canada behind British Columbia and Alberta, and then you kind of get into into debates from there. But, you know, he, he faced decent competition, and, and obviously, you know, as he develops, he'll – he's going to have to grow into his frame and, and he's going to have to find space out in the ice and use his speed as much as he can, because that is his biggest asset. So, you know, again, uh, another project player where at, at least with Ciccolini, you look at him, you say, oh, there's an identifiable skill there and that's his quickness. And then it's just a matter of, you know, getting the production at an elite level and making sure that he can play both ends of the ice. So um, it'll be fun to see if he develops into something. I mean, the seventh round, that's all you can hope for, I suppose. And so it's been about a season and a half since GM Jeff Gordon sent out the letter uh, to season ticket holders and to the fan base as a whole, letting them know that this, that the Rangers needed to be better and they were going to start rebuilding the right way. Since then, uh, you know, they have drafted, I would say, fairly well. They've made some very – they've made some pretty good trades. How would you assess the state of their pipeline from that letter – up until now, how how good of a job has Jeff Gordon and his staff done since the letter? 
I would say they've exceeded expectations. I've been very, very impressed with what Gordon and crew have done. And, you know, you talk about the pipeline. And for me, you want to make sure you have all sorts of bases covered. And I, I think they've done that so far. You know, they have a goalie of the future in Shesterk, and I know he was already in the organization. But, you know, you land Adam Fox via free agency when he, when he didn't sign. Uh, and then you have Keandre Miller. You have Kravtsov coming over. Obviously, Kako is a huge piece. Um, I, I just think they're getting a lot of talent in different places, and that's what you want. You want to cast that wide net and and get different positions covered. And I think they've done a fantastic job there. I really liked what they did in the draft last year. I, I really liked what they did in the draft this year. And, I mean, for me, it's just a matter of, you know, fans being patient and in kind of enjoying the youth and, and recognizing that, you know, you're probably not going to make the playoffs for a couple of years, but it's going to be a fun team to watch. I, I think it's kind of going to be like Toronto was a couple of years ago when Matthews first came on the scene and Marner and Nylander, where you, you knew there would be some growing pains in terms of wins and losses, but it was sure fun to watch the, the kids experiment. If there was one place in their roster pipeline where they could improve, um, whether it be the center ice position, left wing, right wing, or defense, where would you say they should start looking for, I guess, the most help in the next coming drafts? Well, I would I would say center, um, and it is a very important position. I mean, nobody really leaps to mind when it comes to a surefire number one center right now. I, I, I think Krabsoff can play center, um, so he would be an option if he feels comfortable taking that on. But, you know, I, I think about some of my favorite prospects that they have, and it's, you know, it's Keandre Miller on defense, it's, Adam Fox on defense, it's Kako on the wing, um, you know, Zach Jones is on defense. I, I, you know, I guess Henriksen, you know, he would be an option, but you're probably not going to see him for at least three years. I think he's, you know, Frölunda is a fantastic development program over in Sweden, uh, even though they are an SHL team. They're really good with their youngsters. So I, I think that would be the one thing where eventually you're going to need to get that guy. And Maybe it's Kravtsov, maybe it's Henderson, but uh, for now that would be that would be my only only quibble. <laughs> and uh, my last question to you once again, thanks for joining us. But um, on this week's Hockey News podcast, you guys were speaking about potential free agents, and Joe Pavelski's name came up. Now, Ranger fans, of course, they're hoping for Artemi Panarin. We'd like to see that in the Big Apple. But you mentioned the Rangers as a potential dark horse for Joe Pavelski. What makes you think that Joe Pavelski would be a good fit on Broadway at this stage in their rebuild? Well, you know, I, and I don't have any insider info on this. This is purely me kind of blue skying it. But, you know, I look at Pavelski and he's such an incredible leader. And, you know, if you could follow his preparation and, and just how professional he is, on and off the ice, then you've got a great model. So when I look at the Rangers, you know, they're making this transition. A lot of the veterans uh, have either left or, or maybe leaving in the next year or two. And it just feels like if Pavelski wants to get his money, which he obviously deserves, at this point, a lot of the contenders are, are kind of limited in that regard. New York, because they have so many young players right now or will have young players when the season begins, they're going to be in a pretty good space 
cap-wise. So I think they could afford him, and he's the type of guy that would be a nice transitional piece where he can help the kids along, and you know, he's probably not going to be in town when they're ready to do damage, but I think he could help them get to that point. And, you know, maybe what you, maybe you pull a Ray Bork at some point and, and trade him to a cup contender in two or three years so he can get that ring before he retires. Absolutely. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to give us a, you know, give us a call and talk about the Rangers prospects. Hopefully we'll be talking to you next year soon about some other great prospects they draft in Montreal. Thank you once again. Have a great night. You too. Thanks for having me. Of course. So we're back. And, you know, guys, what did you think of what Ryan had to say? Kevin, I guess we'll start with you. Just initial thoughts before we get into um, what he thought about each prospect. Well, overall, this this, this, uh, whole, I guess, like this this draft was a lot better than what we're used to. You know, typically we have, you know, not more than four picks. Uh, You know, we had a, a few in the second round, which was fantastic. Like actually three in the second round. And, you know, what he said about Robertson, you know, how he had him in the first round, like a fringe first round player. We got him for a steal. He's a safe pick. But I'm more um, focused on Carl Henriksen. Carl Henriksen has been compared by him to Sebastian Ajo. Um, you know, he, Sebastian Ajo centered Patrick Lyonet. I think, uh, I forgot who the other winger he said it was. And yes, but you pull, yes, you pull your Yarvi. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was the forgotten guy. He was the guy who kept everything together and just let those guys play. And then you see how Sebastian Ajo is now. Sebastian Ajo is a key component of the Carolina Hurricanes. And, the, like, he does play for Forlunda in Sweden in the SHL. So we might not see him, like, like, um, like he said, for a couple years. But, you know, that, that gives us some good center depth though he did say that we're not we don't have a surefire number one center but you know that could change you know we could eventually sign someone that is going to be our number one center but you know this is a good start this could be a fringe number one number two center in the future absolutely uh jl what did you take from what ryan had to say whether it be about robertson Henriksen, or any of the other prospects we got and quick correction in the interview i did say zach jones was a second round pick he was actually a third round pick oh my apologies it's okay well, well I I was uh, impressed with how he was so uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? He seemed very impressed at the way the Rangers went, the, uh, you know, in terms of their players this season. I was really intrigued to see what he had to say about Altonen. And with Altonen, it really confirms what a lot of people said about him, that he's just a fast, strong skater. And – <laughs> that being said, excuse me, you know, it, it just kind of fits the Rangers mold. So he really hit all of the prospects, you know, right, you know, right where, you know, they're accurately described. I mean, he hit them right on the head. And I was I was impressed with the way he was able to pretty much describe a lot of the players in depth, you know, compared to, you know, a lot of the scouting reports out there. So, yeah, no, I, I, I was really – I'm eager to see how Altonen does, and I was happy to hear that his scouting report pretty much confirms what we've all seen from him. A lot of the late-round picks for the Rangers are actually really solid pickups, and I honestly – he, 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 he was 100% accurate on everything that he said. Well, yeah, he, they, they all have high ceilings, which is what you really need to shoot for at the bottom of the draft. Like, you know, you're not going to get perfect players. You know, we the Rangers lucked out. You know, that third lot, their third round players have been a lot more, you know, sustained than a lot of others. You know, you get Sajerskin, you get, um, you know, we don't have him anymore, but we have Anthony Duclair. You know, Bushnevich was in the third round. And, uh, you know, though, of course, Lundquist 
205th overall. And um, it's just it, it's just good to, like, you know, have someone confirm some of the things that we like, you know, we, the guy who has speed, you know, he has to fulfill certain things. Like some of the, like some of the things, just he's too small. He's only 18. He's going to grow. So that's something that they can't control with, you know, it's just, it's good that they're taking flyers on some of these guys taking risks, but I do like that. They also stay safe. Like, uh, you know, with the Robinson, but we'll see. It's just, it's just time will tell with some of these guys. Absolutely. And you know, the thing I like about the Robertson pick is even Ryan had him ranked at 31 on his list. Um, borderline first round talent, and you get him, at, you get him at 49. Uh, Robertson has all, and you know what's an important thing to mention about him before I even go any further. Robertson plays the left side. A lot of guys have been getting Fox, True, but they're right side guys. So it helps we have a, a promising prospect to play the left side now, along with someone like a Libor Hayek, which is very good to have within our system. Mm-hmm. Now, Matt Robertson. A lot of people were saying when he got drafted, it was kind of a steal. Uh, you know, when you get a first-round talent in the second, you can always say that. But Robertson is going to have an increased role with the Oil Kings probably next season. Um, he is extremely promising, and if he pans out, that just adds on to how good this draft has been. Another important part, I like that Kevin touched on it, is that Carl Hendrickson is, does play with Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz internationally. Now, as Sebastian Ajo did play with Patrick Lyon and Jesse Puglia-Yarvi all those years ago, um, you might say, okay, a lot of Hendrickson's points have to do with Lucas Raymond, or a lot of them have to do with Alexander Holt. But if you look, I forget who posted the chart on Twitter, but um, there is a chart showing that a lot of uh, Carl Hendrickson's points aren't fed from Lucas Raymond, which is extremely important because that means he's producing away from the superstar, which means Hendrickson has a lot of natural skill to begin with. It's something we need, speed good playmaking ability, and if all things pan out, you could see Henriksen being maybe our number two center down the line someday, while Zabanajad still has the number one in a few years. But, um, you know, they did a good job. And I also thought was important to note is in the third round, they drafted Zach Jones of the Tri-City Storm. Now, Ryan loves this pick. And when you watch this kid play, you can see why. This kid was partnered with a guy named Ronnie Attard, who is now a Philadelphia Flyers pick. Attard had 30 goals uh, for the Tri-City Storm this year. But even Attard at his interview said he credits Zach Jones with helping him reach his potential. Now, in the third round, getting a guy who even now people are saying they could see as an NHL or someday, the Rangers really did their homework on this kid. And I think Zach Jones one day could be a, an important part of this blue line. Well, yeah, he definitely, yeah, he, he definitely said they were undersized. He was undersized a little bit, but, you know, again, these young guys are going to grow into their bodies eventually. And I did like that he said that um, Ronnie Attard was like, oh, look, I can't take all this credit. You know, I, I get that I did, you know, I set a record, but, you know, it was definitely not a single sing- a single effort. You know, I and, and the fact that he gave credit, he named Zachary Jones as like just the sole provider of that is amazing just you know how look how well he meshes with his deep partner and you know relating it to the rangers a little bit you could see that same thing with brady shea and jacob truba this season where absolutely where why was truba and brady shea so highly touted when they were it's because they played so well together and you know Mm -hmm. jeff gordon did his homework he saw what a what relationship they had he it it didn't even i I know it matters that truba is a great player but it that, that adds just the cherry on top to just such a great addition and Truba's going to sign with the Rangers. It's it's just a foregone conclusion. And it's just, 
that blue line, like just with that one addition and with Adam Fox is completely turned around from last season. Now, don't get me wrong. We might have some bumps, you know, lumps here and there during the beginning of the season, but you know, it's just, it's just so much potential and so much promise. Well, one of the, adding to that, one of the things that, you know, the Rangers seem to be doing, and I alluded this to uh, everyone here in a previous podcast, and and and, and St- yeah, Stat Boy Steven kind of alluded to this as well. The Rangers are looking for guys who are trending upward. And if you notice a lot of the picks that they've gotten lately is they're just getting guys who, you know, may not off the rip be good players, quote unquote good players, but they just have loads of talent and can definitely trend upward. You look at a guy like a Zach Jones, and a, and a Robertson and an Alton and all these guys, they just have this high ceiling. You could even see it in some of the picks in last year, like a Keandre Miller, and, and even in trading in a guy like Libor Hayek, they all have high ceilings. And this draft just proves that that's what they're looking for. So a lot of the guys that they got have that high ceiling, and it's really good to see the organization sticking to their to their guns. It's important to note that going off what JL said, a lot of people are saying that the Rangers have been swinging for talent. Well, it's easy to swing for talent also in this draft when you get a guy like Capo Caco at number two. You can afford to take some risks when you have a surefire thing at number two. Now, last draft, they were lauded for it a little bit. When they picked Kravtsov at nine, they, people were saying they swung, and guess what? They hit a home run. The Rangers have been doing a very good job of drafting. And everything Ryan told us today, everything we're seeing at Prospect Development Camp and how People around the league are perceiving their pipeline now. It's all pointing in the right direction. And it's important to note here that just a few years ago, guys like Ryan Kropp were like our hope. They were they, This was the type of player where we were like, yeah, this is the guy that's going to come in and score all these goals. Now, within a span of like two years, Jeff Gordon has really done an amazing job of turning this prospect pipeline around. Well, again, alluding, I mean, to, alluding to the, you know, the organizational shift, it's funny you mentioned Ryan Gropp because I do remember, you know, being younger and thinking, wow, this guy scored a lot of goals in his junior years and he just absolutely would be awesome with, with this team. But it seems like the Rangers are steering away from guys who can just put the back in the net into guys who have multifaceted assets in their game. So not that Ryan Gropp is a bad player by any means whatsoever, but again, you know, they're looking for different types of players, and that is good. And it's it's interesting that they still chose um three D men with the with their later picks past the first round. It's just they're they even though like, you know, you see that their defensive prospect pool is a lot bigger than it used to be, they're still keeping tabs on look, not all these guys are gonna pan out. Some of these guys are gonna have to trade. Some of these guys aren't gonna get qualifying offers in a year or two. So they're they're thinking like 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 Russell was saying um the other day you have to draft for 5 years from now you can't draft for 2 3 4 5 years from now who's going to be on the team how will they make an impact what guys are still going to be here it's just it it's a it's a very like great mindset Jeff Gordon's having and you know with John Davidson you could see like it's, it's, even if you take let like, don't even if you take last year into consideration you could see the talent that these guys have this year has gone above and beyond because of John Davidson. He's definitely had an input. You know, that's why you bring him to the to the, to the group, to the team, to get another perspective. And it's it's. I, I found interesting they cho- they didn't choose a goalie, which I feel like they always do for some reason. But they didn't choose a goalie. They their goalie pool is fantastic. 
Their their defensive pool is outrageous now, and you know, like like I still I would like to see that surefire one, number one center. You know, if we got Jack Hughes instead of Capo Caco, this is a completely different story. You could say that our center depth is now solidified because he's going to be our number one center. But the Rangers always miss that goal scoring touch. We've always had that two way center. We've never had that pure fire winger like an Alexander Ovechkin. And now I feel like we have that. You know, you need that guy who can just score at will, especially in the playoffs. And Kako, who loves these high leverage situations, won three golds for Finland. Three golds this this oh, year. He's going to thrive. He's oh, going to thrive in the lights of New York. He, he's going to be amazing. And even if he isn't at the beginning, he's going to learn how to get used to it. It's an overwhelming city. It's a very overwhelming city. People don't realize if you're not from the city, me and Russell are from the city. John lives right outside the city. He's been here many times. To it's quote, to quote Capocacco himself, wow, it's a big city. Or it's, it's nice it's, city, I believe he said. Nice city. It's nice city. <laughs> it is nice city. It's a big poor, city. Poor, it really is. Poor Capocacco with these videos the Rangers are making him. He's held hostage. Spit yeah. Chicklet said it perfectly. They were like, blink twice if the Rangers held you hostage. <laughs> But no, it's it's good, especially he has a friend in Alexander Georgiev, and he's going to be here for the foreseeable, not foreseeable future, but at least for the season as of right mm-hmm. now. And you know what I, I want to kind of touch on, if we if you don't mind, Russell, is Go what right Al, uh, Igor says. Yorkin said yesterday in yeah, one of his post post uh, post um I guess practice interviews um, through a translator. He was asked, you know, how do you feel like your what what do you feel like your position's going to be. What's going to be next for you? And he goes, look, I'm here to learn. I'm not here to steal anybody's job. I'm just here to showcase my abilities. And if it means that I have to go into the AHL and, um, you know, have to earn my spot, then I'll do that. And that's a great mentality, especially for a goaltender that looks like he's going to be here for a long time. Well, another thing. And you want to see that from Igor, especially because. (laughs) You want to see that from Igor because. A lot of people thought he'd step right in. A lot of people thought he'd step right into the role, but it's nice and it's nice to see that he knows he has some stuff he has to go through. So what I was going to say was is, you know, it's good that these guys are aware that they need to become acclimated to, you know, with the exception of Kako and maybe Karatsov, a lot of these guys need to get acclimated to the North American ice, you know, uh a lot of these, a lot of these prospects from back in the day that would come to the U.S., they would just kind of get thrown in. A lot of solid hockey players from Europe or Russia or wherever would just get kind of chucked in, and they wouldn't have time to develop. And honestly, I think one of those players is um, was actually uh, Alexander Dig. I think he just got thrown in; he wasn't really developed right. And you know, Patrick Stefan, same thing. So you really don't want to throw them too much into the um into the fray so you know it's good that they're aware of that and you know hopefully igor can get some action in hartford and really put that team over the hill hartford seems like they're trying to really you know go for it and i just hope that the changes that they make to that you know that franchise down there they can you know really nail home what other franchises i've tried to boast by that now, we're doing all this talk about prospects, and I mean, we need to. Draft week, prospect development week. But there is something else I'd like to touch on today as well. One last thing Ryan spoke to us about was the addition of possibly Joe Pavelski to this no. lineup. Now, no. Evan says no. I actually don't think this is a terrible <laughs> no. idea. No, so, I'm good. 
I will start, of course, and then Kevin can do his rebuttal. But thanks, um, thanks for giving me the opportunity to do my rebuttal. I think right? that I think that Joe Pavelski on a two-year deal, two to three-year deal with a reasonable cap hit, would be a good thing for this team. Now, yes, Joe Pavelski, I believe he's thirty-four right now, um, but at the same time. You want someone like him, he can be a leader for this team. He can play second-line center for this team while Heedle or Anderson keep keep their development on track. He can be a calming voice in the room during a playoff run if they get to that point while he's on the team. I think that, like I said, a reasonable cap hit, two to three years, I think Joe Pavelski could possibly be a good part of this team. Um, but, you know, it's obviously you don't want to sign him for too long. That's the worry. But on a short-term deal – and say he can still put up 30 goals the next few years, I don't think it's the worst idea. It's not about being the worst idea. I, I hate I hate that, like, you know, we're resorting, like, what's the worst thing that we can do? And then that might be one of them. It's just, he's old. And I, I hate to be that person to, like, you know, talk about someone's age, but he is. He's 34. And signing him to a three-year deal till he's 37 although it's not a terrible idea because we do have the time with the ELCs for seven to 8 million, but some people are projecting is just too much for this kind of guy. And don't get me wrong. He is an iron man. He plays a lot. Like this is like the first year in like six years where he didn't play 80 games or more, which is amazing for a guy of his talent. He really is. His possession numbers are outrageous. It's just, this is the thing that everybody talks about with older players is, when are they going to start declining? Now, Joe Pavelski hasn't started to decline. You know, he's been on a successful Sharks team. But, you know, what credit is it more? Like, is it because he's been good? Or is it because the people around him have been better? Now, with Joe Pavelski being a good leader, you know, a lot of experience, a lot of playoff experience is a great addition to a winning team. A team that's ready to compete. Now, that's where you saw Patrick Marlowe go to the Maple Leafs. And then you saw what happened with that. And now he's on the Carolina Hurricanes. A buyout is you know, ensuing, and then he's going to go back to the Sharks. So, although Pavelski's time is most likely up in San Jose, you really don't need this guy right now. You you, you don't. You can sign veteran players for a smaller cap hit unless you decide to trade Kreider, VC, Nemestikov, etc. It's just, I mean, like, what happens if next year the Rangers are like, okay, now we only need one more piece, but now we have Joe Pavelski's $8 million cap hit to worry about. What are we going to do? And then everybody's going to say, Bio Joe Pavelski, Bio Joe Pavelski, Bio Joe Pavelski. And it, it's just, it's not worth it. It's not worth the headache. It's not worth, you know, him possibly being injured for half the season. It, it's a very big possibility. You never know what's going to happen with these older players. Well, you got nothing, Jail? Oh, you oh, tisk. Oh, I tisk. Oh, tisk. No, I was I done. I thought I, you saw my mouth shut with this rebuttal. Like, okay, do you want you really want me to give my thoughts on that? Absolutely. Have, okay. No, no, I don't want him to give the thoughts on that. This is an opinionated podcast. No, I'm or sorry, Kevin, you're opposed to different ideologies. This isn't a different ideology. This is the same <laughs> crap that the Rangers do every okay. season. All right, honestly, Joe Pavelski at a reasonable deal is okay. But what's reasonable to you? Five mil, for sure. Okay, I mean, but I'm, is that going to happen? 
Okay, but what if he decides to take it? What if he knows that he's in the twilight of his career and he wants to try and win? He's played with San Jose for so long. What makes you think he doesn't want to try something new? That's why you don't exactly rule it out completely because a Pavelski would be perfect for a team like this. Would be perfect. But this for is the thing. Like this. With his age, he's going to want to go to a contender like the Stars, possibly, but, who've actually been touting him the like the Lightning. Contenders with him there, Kevin. That's the thing. What makes he, you think that addition Because we're still up? rebuilding. Major- you want to know what the average age of our forward group is? 24. That's a young team. I think I think our oldest, I think our oldest, uh, I don't even know who our oldest skater is. I don't want to say it's Kreider. Is it Kreider? Yeah, it's Kreider. It might be. It might be. If you take away Matt Bolesky, if you put him back in Hartford, I think it's Kreider. But Kevin, but Kevin, you have to understand, you can't just supplement these guys with, you know. I'm not saying think- supplement them with like a with a crappy player. I'm just saying for three years at that no, kind of cap hit is not no, it's not, not reasonable. And then you know no, what he's no. gonna probably ask for? He's probably gonna ask for a no movement clause or or expansion protection, which is just unacceptable. You need well, to protect no, your younger guys for the future. That, that's unreasonable. So getting a guy like that for three years is unreasonable. And I think the market will dictate that. Joe exactly, the market will dictate that. But Joe Pavelski is still a very good player, and you're he telling might, me that you can't get him on a discount if you, you know, if you, you know, convince him properly. You honestly really don't think that you can't get him on a discount. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure another team can get him on a discount. But still, I'm sure a team with you know. a cap crunch could get him on a discount. But you know what his agent's going to say? He's going to say, "Look, you have X amount of dollars in free agency. This is under the assumption that we miss out on t- on our Temi Panarin. We get our Temi Panarin. This conversation isn't happening." Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I I just I I just think that you know a guy like Pavelski would he he would he would do a lot for this team. He would and he I, would elevate the he would elevate the younger guys. I'm not disagreeing. And honestly, I don't really think this team is that far from contention than most think. Some people say it's I'm, about a year away, but I honestly think this team could put, contend for a playoff spot next year. Yeah, but that, this isn't a cup team, and that's the point. That, there you I think go. That's what we're trying to make. Thank you. That's what you want. You don't want teams that could just get into the playoffs. You want teams that you can. We had 10 years of that, so. Right, but now that's what we're trying to change. And that is what they've been doing since the letter, even before the letter with the Derek Stepan trade, is we're trying to not just get in, but we want to get in and know that we can win. And that's what we're building towards. And I think, you know, I understand Kevin's points here. It's it's for sure. It it can be risky signing someone like Joe Bavelski. But I do do think that, like we've been saying, right money, if you can work it out money-wise, it would be a good decision. But. Right now, I mean, we're on Panarin watch. We're all on Panarin watch. Um, lots of people think it's Florida now. Um, it could be. He could go with Bobrovsky to the Panthers. There's familiarity over there with Joel Quenville. But, I mean, don't count out the New York Rangers, man. I mean, if they really want a player, they can usually go and get them. So, uh, as always, we'll be with you through the summer. We'll be with you in Panarin watch. Keep with our updates at Forever Blue Shirts. We've been hitting everything on the head recently with all our reports. Um, for more prospect coverage, for more just Rangers news, stick stick with us forever, Blue Shirts. And Panarin Watch continues, and we will see when our Temi Panarin, if we hear any news. Obviously, he can't sign before July 1 anywhere, but it doesn't appear like he's leaning any particular way right now. Well, he's still can, uh, John Absolutely. We don't know what that meeting was like if they did meet today. There's a lot of conflicting reports out there. But point being, he will get his meeting with the Rangers. Rangers brass will get the chance to talk to Artemi Panarin during this interview process. And we will keep you posted on any update that we hear. So thanks for joining me, guys. Thank you again to Ryan Kennedy for joining us from the Hockey News. Great interview. Love talking to him about prospects. And it is the offseason. So 
We'll see you when we see you, probably around free agency. Have a good week, guys. And as always, let's go Rangers. Let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group. Hey everyone, this is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up. The Raiders have moved to Las Vegas, but Raider Nation is worldwide. Hi, Silver and Black Maniacs. I'm Scott Goldbranson, host of Silver and Black Today, the first and only all-Raiders show from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. A-list guests like players and coaches, and the best Raiders talk in the land. Subscribe and listen today if you just want to win, baby.